0: Listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast. We do it every week. We choose a subject matter, an incident, a political nightmare, some situation that's happening somewhere in the world, politically or otherwise based on international relations, and we break it down for you. Dr. Keith does that, not me, thank God, because he would not be educated if I had anything to do with the informative process of this. But Dr. Keith is very well versed on pretty much anything that happens in the world. You've been an Australian commentator in the media for years on international politics, and you're just really good at making it easy to understand. So let's get into this. We failed in Afghanistan, and I say we, I know it's mainly the Americans, but we were part of that war.
1: It's now America's longest war, so it's run on now for 20 years. Seems hard to imagine, but it was triggered by the 9-11 attack, so that was September 20 years ago, 20 years ago September, that we had the attack on the World Trade Towers in New York and two other planes that were hijacked. One ended up going into the Pentagon and one that brought down by smart action from New Zealand rugby players who broke into the cockpit and wrestled the uh, plane down and, and destroyed itself before it reached, we assume, Washington, DC. So we're coming up to the 20th anniversary. What intrigues me is that the Biden administration now has to work out when it withdraws the last of the American troops. So this is currently set for May of this year. So we're a couple of months away from withdrawing the American forces. Now, all American presidents, so that's Bush, who began the operation, continued by Obama, and then Trump, and now it's Biden. But Trump was the only one who really told the truth on Afghanistan. So Donald Trump said, the war is lost. We've just got to get out as quickly as possible. The deep state didn't like to hear that. The problem is partly that, If America withdraws from Afghanistan, then the word gets out through the Islamic world, the United States are on the run, we've got them beaten in Afghanistan, we can take them on elsewhere. So the American military was saying, we don't want to have a defeat here. At the same time, neither Bush nor Obama wanted to be the president responsible for a loss in Afghanistan. So their task was always to roll along the war, so that the war would still be going on when they left office. So Bush handed the war over to Obama. Obama hands it over to Trump. And Trump did try to get out of Afghanistan but couldn't. The Pentagon wouldn't let him leave. And so he then passed it over to Biden. And it is a really frightening situation that this is a war that no longer makes any sense. So if you remember, 20 years ago, the United States and its allies went into Afghanistan to get Osama bin Laden and his organization, which was called Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda had previously been armed by the United States to fight the Soviet troops in Afghanistan. And then having driven the Soviets out of Afghanistan, Osama bin Laden then turned his attention on the United States, so then used the weapons the Americans have given him for attacking American allies and Americans themselves. So we get the hijacking that occurred 20 years ago, still a lot of question marks over exactly what did happen. I've got to say, the more I learn, the less I understand, but that's a whole separate issue as to uh, who was responsible for 9-11. President Bush said the person to blame was Osama bin Laden, and Osama bin Laden at that time was operating out of Afghanistan. So Osama bin Laden had declared war on the United States at the time of Bill Clinton and had conducted operations against american and other forces during the clinton administration clinton of course was replaced in january in the year 2001 by president bush and then 8 months later we get the attack on the world trade towers and the other locations so the the real problem of course in this so-called war on terror to use president bush's expression the real problem is that the Two main providers of terrorists are Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. So of the 19 hijackers involved with 9-11, most of them came from Saudi Arabia. Bin Laden, when he fled Afghanistan, he got out very quickly. When the Americans arrived, he got out and he went to live in retirement in Abbottabad, over the border in Pakistan down the road from the military academy. But the Americans will not act against Saudi Arabia or Pakistan. And so they continued in operation as purveyors of terrorist material. Meanwhile, poor old Afghanistan, which had not been involved in the 9-11 attack, they then got attacked by the, the Americans. The Americans also involved NATO. That's a separate story, the involvement of NATO. Remember, North, uh, NATO means the North Atlantic Treaty organization. So NATO was designed to protect the countries around the North Atlantic. Afghanistan is nowhere near there. But the problem for NATO is that it was set up to deal with the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union had collapsed in 1991. So NATO had run out of an enemy that was really looking around for things to do. And in 2001, The Americans invited NATO to get involved in Afghanistan and, of course, NATO jumped at the opportunity, even though Afghanistan is nowhere near NATO in terms of the North Atlantic. Nonetheless, NATO agreed that it was in limbo and that this would be a a good way to demonstrate its relevance for today. Now, of course, some of the NATO allies were opposed to the war in Iraq. But they were willing to get involved in the war in Afghanistan as a way of showing that, yes, they were loyal to the Americans, even though they wouldn't follow them into the invasion of Afghanistan. And so the the Americans got involved 20 years ago, along with other countries, including Australia. So far, we've seen the death of 2,355 Americans. The British are next for casualties, 456. The British, by the way, are now on their fourth Afghani war. One could say that the Americans were fairly naive. They didn't realise what they were getting into with Afghanistan, but the British should have known. They'd have three previous wars in Afghanistan which they had lost. Mm. <laughs> and they went ahead and repeated and the, it, the same mistakes.
0: And I was about to say, Keith, and even on top of that, no one's ever won in a war against yeah. Afghanistan. No, so no. It, like look at the Russians historically go back to the eighties. Well, before the 80s, yeah. and the Russians infiltrated there. Shocking loss. Exactly. Yeah. Just
1: just sheer crazy why the British got involved. And I might just say that there have been 41 Australians who've also been killed there. And you've got to say, looking back at it, what have we managed to achieve? That is the problem. The immediate issue is that President Biden, who was a bit wary of stepping up military enforcement's in Afghanistan when he was vice president. He didn't go along with the Pentagon. So Biden was wary about just pouring in more troops in into, into Afghanistan. And it now comes to him as president to make the decision as to whether or not they pull out. What the Americans under Trump tried to do was to negotiate a way of getting out of Afghanistan without the Americans having to admit they've lost. So it's a bit like the Vietnam peace negotiations which resulted in 1973, and the Paris Peace Agreement, which enabled the Americans to withdraw. And part of that agreement, in effect, with what was called a decent interval. In other words, the North Vietnamese said we will have a decent interval between, on the one hand, the Americans formally withdrawing, 1973, and our final takeover of the country, which was April 1975. And that's what Trump was wanting. He wanted to be able to withdraw from Afghanistan, let the existing government in Kabul continue and then throw it to the wolves with the Taliban. But the Taliban wouldn't have that. The Taliban are the ethnic Pashtun people. They weren't involved with 9-11, right? They were, they were simply hosting Bin Laden and the Afghan Arabs who are in Al-Qaeda. So the Taliban have said, no, nope, we want you out. We want you out as quickly as possible and we're not going to save your face. Get out. And so by the time Trump left office, he hadn't really finalised the peace deal. And now Biden is back in the same problem. The Taliban will not give the Americans an opportunity to save their face. And it looks as though in May of this year, we will see the Americans pushed out. There will still be NATO forces left there. But if they've got any sense, they'd be getting out as well, because clearly the Taliban are getting ready to take back control over what is going on in Afghanistan.
0: You'll listen to Global Truth. Dr. Keith Suda, we're talking today about the just failure (laughs) after 20 years to have made any inroads in the war in Afghanistan. It's a big failure for American foreign policy. And uh, obviously Trump, no one wants to be the president who calls it and says, oh, we're going to be, you know, backing out (laughs) with our heads bowed essentially. (laughs) Keith, you know, you're talking about this May deadline, but what can the Taliban actually do really, physically, to get rid of American troops?
1: George Washington said when he was fighting the British, I can keep on losing battles but I will still end up winning the war because the British, as the occupying force of North America 200 years ago, were having to send forces 3,000 miles across the Atlantic to fight for their colonies. And George Washington said, we'll just bleed you dry. And that's exactly now what's going on in Afghanistan. In other words, that the Taliban will just continue to attack people. We've got a very high rate of civilian casualties now in Afghanistan and the the American media are there because American troops are there. Once you withdraw the American troops, you withdraw the American media and the Taliban will then continue even more so slaughtering the civilians and they will eventually take over control. They already control most of the country. It's been a disastrous operation and so the Americans will withdraw probably this year and Biden perhaps will hope that it's all hidden by the COVID disaster and that the American media will not publicise that he's the president who presides it over this defeat.
0: And also just from that sort of political perspective, Kate, there is no reason, what does Afghanistan have aside from poppies that would mean that, and I mean plants, yeah. <laughs> that that the, real, the world would be invested in it, you know? Like the other countries they've had wars in because they had oil, for example, like yeah. Iraq. What does Afghanistan have that would mean that they would continue to keep an eye on Afghanistan and make sure that it wasn't killing its own civilians? Well,
1: the argument, I think, is that you've really got three struggles going on in Afghanistan. One is a terrorism issue, and, of course, that revolves around al-Qaeda, which has largely been destroyed there, but its daughter organisation, the Islamic State, is very active elsewhere around the world. And of course, Bin Laden himself is dead. So one was terrorism. The second one is that there is a civil war that is going on between, obviously, the ethnic Pashtuns who are in the Taliban and the government of Afghanistan propped up by the Americans. And the third struggle is that both Pakistan and India have their eye on Afghanistan because both of them would like to have influence in Afghanistan. In the same way, the British and the Russians were competing. You know, Some things don't seem to change. Geography doesn't change, right? It's the same thing, that Afghanistan is this buffer state in the old days between the British Empire and the Russian Empire. Now it's this buffer state between India and Pakistan. And so you've got all these different issues that are boiling away. America, when it invades in Afghanistan, had no idea of the history. It's been said that God invented wars to force Americans to learn geography, but my, my experience is that Americans are not learning much geography.
0: Well, they know about <laughs> their own country, but they don't seem to be pretty well-versed on anything else that goes no. on outside it.
1: Let me just say that on top of these problems, I've, I've uh, downloaded a very interesting report from the Washington Post on how American officials misled the public about the war in Afghanistan. So these are confidential documents which, have, which are now available online, right? So U.S. officials constantly said they were making progress. They were not, and they knew it. And the Washington Post has produced this huge report. So the background to this is that the Americans get involved in Afghanistan in 2001. After a few years, you get all these reports about the fact that the war is going badly get all this amount of foreign aid, which is going into pockets of corrupt officials. The Americans have spent more on foreign aid in Afghanistan than they did in rebuilding Europe in the Marshall aid program after World War II. And the country was just too small to absorb that vast amount of money. And so Congress established CIGAR, which is the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. So this is a bunch of boring auditors who don't attract publicity, and just went through all these allegations of fraud and mismanagement and everything else that went wrong. Then they realised that there may be a pattern in all of this. What are the lessons to be learned from what was happening in Afghanistan? And so remember this is stuff which is produced confidentially and it goes to Congress. It's not meant for the general public. The general public simply pay the bills, but they're not allowed to know what's going on behind the scenes. So. Cigar operates in a way that it can talk frankly to people and encourage the generals and others to talk frankly about what a mess up Afghanistan was, knowing that none of their stuff will ever get into the public domain because those stupid taxpayers just will not get access to this material. And so the Washington Post got to hear about this confidential document which had been produced, and so then made a campaign for a freedom of information to get the document. It took ages working through the US legal system, but they've ended up with it, including um, 2,000 pages of previously unpublished notes of interviews with people who played a direct role in the war, from generals and diplomats to aid workers and Afghan officials. So this document is available on the Washington Post website and it's called the Afghanistan Papers, a secret history of the war, and I tell you, it makes grim reading. Remember, sigar uh, produced the report with 400 insiders who were able to speak freely. They were speaking to a, a Congress, congressional body, and one of the generals, for example, working uh, in Afghanistan, said we were devoid of fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't know what we were doing, and this is a three-star general who served in the Bush and Obama administrations. What are you trying to do here? We don't have the foggiest notion of what we're undertaking. If I were next of kin or one of those 41 Australian soldiers killed in Afghanistan, I'd be horrified to read this document because it just showed that uh, whoever had perished had died for a waste of time. If the American people knew the magnitude of this dysfunction, they would be horrified. But, of course, the general public were not told This was a confidential report by SIGAR, and SIGAR have just produced another uh, document dealing with democracy in Afghanistan. Remember, these are boring auditors who who don't seek publicity, never expected to have their work publicized, but they've just produced reports saying all this talk that we've had from Bush and Obama, Trump, and now Biden about democracy in Afghanistan— Total waste of time.
0: It will never happen. Never happen.
1: And there's been election frauds. All these elections that have happened have been fraudulent. But people have made a lot of money out of holding elections. Mm. So if you're sent in as an election monitor, you're getting paid for that, even though what you're looking at is a fraud. And this is a really interesting document. And, of course, what is also worrying is that many ordinary people have faith in their politicians. I don't, as you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Very well, very well. <laughs> and
1: they have faith in the mainstream media, believing that the mainstream media, is are giving an honest report. But this is a really fundamental document. If you're worried about uh, Afghanistan, I recommend this. Washington Post. It's available from the WashingtonPost.com, and it's called At War With The Truth, The Afghanistan Papers.
0: So, I guess from an Australian perspective, we just look back or we sit back and we sort of go, we played this right. Like, no, in a way, because yes, we lost 40 people, and that's never, ever, ever a good thing when we lose people in combat. However, we did get out of there, right? And America stayed.
1: So, we've got out, but we could see the writing on the wall.
0: Mm. So, at least we've come out of
1: it. We're, we're out of it, but we've still lost 41. And plus, of course, you've got the long term consequences of service in. A guerrilla struggle, all this post-traumatic stress disorder. So you've got long-term casualties.
0: Absolutely. So you watch this space, see what happens in May. Absolutely. Listener.